Now you understand that we can keep on going with this. That's what happened at Numa Church in August. They have four services. The nine o'clock service started and didn't finish till the next service started. So the kids kept going in the 11 o'clock service. Then the next service was 4 p.m. Well, the 4 p.m. was keep on going, you know. 4 p.m. The next service, 6 p.m. And it was still all there. Oh, keep on going. And they kept on going, kept on going. A bit like Asbury happening right now. A little bit different, but so. And they had a 12-hour service. They call it their Super Bowl Sunday. <laughs> Super Bowl Sunday, which happened in August last year. And the revival hasn't stopped. It's just kept on going. Revival is here, guys. I'll tell you why I know. It's because I know in my spirit what's happening with me. And I know what's happening with some of you. Some of you are still trying to lean in. Some of you are not there yet. And it's fine. I suggest you just keep leaning in because he's so beautiful, so glorious. Yesterday we had a men's breakfast and we talked about pornography. Great subject. Pornography. Not in this house, right? Oh, yes, it is. Oh, yes, it is. Oh, Christian men, so many of them. So many of all of us have struggled with this. I mean, sex is great. It's just that's the wrong place. It's within marriage. Man and a woman. But the thing is, though, so many people are bound. And one of the things we talked about is that you get free from pornography. The way you get free is to lean into Jesus. You just don't look at that stuff. You look at Jesus. And whatever you're looking at, whatever you're doing, maybe alcohol, maybe relationships, maybe internet, maybe um, money, whatever is your issue, whatever is stuff that has your heart above Jesus, actually called an idol, by the way, so you might as well let it go now, because he's going to get you anyway. <laughs> You've got to get real of these things, you know. And you know, the more, there's not on my notes, by the way, the more, the, more we go, the more we go clean with the Holy Spirit, the more he cleans us up, the freer we become. I know how, oh, I can't say that, I can't say that. I don't want to be too truthful and too difficult. I don't mind. <laughs> I'm going to cry. I'm just going to cry. I sit behind the drums. I look at you all. I see you. I see all of you. And I know. I can see in the spirit where you're at. I know the way you worship whether you've spent time in the secret place. And the more you spend time in the secret place, you'll be completely undone. And some of you haven't even gone here yet. And you know, it grieves my heart because I know you're trying to do life by yourself. It's just impossible. Christianity is impossible without the Holy Spirit. It's impossible by leaning in. Jesus told me this week, he said, I am not into part-time Christians. That's what Jesus told me this week. I thought, man, last week you told me is that you said, I don't want your leftovers. <laughs> I thought it was hard enough. And now you say, I'm not into part-time Christianity. Jesus leaned into the Holy Spirit all the time. I mean, the Father. You know, Holy Spirit, Father. All the time. He wouldn't let his eyes off his Father. Everything he saw his Father doing, that's what he did. I think many of us have taken our eyes off the Lord Jesus, off the Holy Spirit, and we're not living that way at all. We're consumed by life and whatever you, not even the bad stuff. I'm talking about good stuff. You're so busy, bodies. We're so busy, body. We're so busy with a lot of busyness, like bees just buzzing around, you know, all the time. And Jesus says, come to me, you know, and we just don't. I've got to do something else. You know, I was that for years. I mean, Catherine and my kids, they know me. 
I mean, I have a heart for God, man. I love him so much. I mean, when we got married, it was so funny because I was totally into integrity music. In those days, it was not Bethel. It was not all the stuff now. It was, it was integrity music and Maranatha music, right? Anybody the oldest here? Yeah, 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 yeah. We all know about these things. And I had all the T-shirts. So every time a new album came out, they had a new T-shirt. It's so cool. And, this is, and I would go, hey, Catherine, there's a new T-shirt. And I would go with the T-shirt only into the bedroom. Said, hey, so this is, don't, don't, don't picture that. But the thing is, I was going like, into the bedroom like this. I said, like, Catherine, there's another one. And Catherine said, it says in the Bible somewhere in Proverbs that you agonize, you antagonize a woman or anybody else in the morning. If they're not a morning person, you come into the door and you do like this. That is like a curse to me. And so she couldn't hack it when I came in at 7 o'clock in the morning, 8 o'clock in the morning. We got married. Remember? But this we got married. And we're just worshiping. I, I love Jesus. I'm so crazy about Jesus. Have been all my life. But it doesn't mean that I have leaned into his Holy Spirit all the time. Actually, to be honest with you, most of the time I haven't. A little bit, you know, like all of us. A little five-minute thing, prayer and church. Good to be at church, you know. Once a week. Some of you go once every two weeks. Some of you only come once a month. That's good enough, isn't it? Tonight, service tonight, two services on Sunday. <laughs> two services on Sunday. You must be blimmin' kidding me. It was in my notes here. I said, can you please, look right here. Can you please invite all the people in the morning service to come tonight? I'm going to dare you. I'm going to invite you all to come back tonight. If you want to see revival in your own life, I'm not talking about reaching the world yet. I'm talking about he's dealing with the church right now. Before we can ever cope. Can you imagine if thousands of people get saved right now? You and I could not cope. The building couldn't cope. But that's not the issue. We can buy a new building. But the issue is, the thing is though, he is reviving us first. Always reviving us first. And revival doesn't look like, Lord, I want to be revived. No, it's, it, looks like, yeah, it looks like being revived. It looks like you're leaning in the Holy Spirit in love. What you do, what it looks like, is to, it's looking like you, you bow your knees and say, Jesus, help. And then you say, Jesus, just love on me. As your son, your daughter, I just want you to love on me. Teach me. Show me. May I experience your love. Oh, I'm done. Yeah, that was good, Lord. Was... No, no, you stay. Five minutes. Oh, so hard. Five minutes. 10 minutes and then he comes and then he's totally undone and then it's an hour gotta go to work okay well I'll go to work but you know what I mean hour two hours and you just sit there with him and you come out hey my eyes have changed I see world in a different light I see myself in a different light Hey, I'm actually quite happy. Hey, I'm not as depressed as I used to be. Depressed is overrated. I'm going to go in the Holy Spirit. There's no depression in heaven. Now, I'm not saying that if you're depressed, don't go off your medication straight, please. I'm not one of those. Please, I want to be pastoral too. But the thing is, though, we have been, it's almost like we expect the stuff. You're depressed, well, go on Prozac. Well, if you need to, absolutely go on Prozac. But the thing is, what I'm trying to say is, we so easily go for the world's methods. And we don't look at Jesus. He can completely set you free. If we go to the frequency of heaven, bing, things will change. Now, it may be a journey for, for you. It may be in one go, pornography. The guy said yesterday, it takes a journey. Most people, I, he said, I haven't seen anybody yet who has pornography in one, ding, gone. 
Well, I believe it can be. Sorry to say. You agree? That's where I didn't agree with him. In the Holy Spirit, things can just change overnight. Leaning in to the Holy Spirit. Okay. Blank. I'm just fooling you. See, I'm always thinking, you think oh, there's a lot of stuff on these pages. No, it's fooling you. Nah, it's full of stuff. <laughs> I like this, what I said last week. I'm, I'm completely out of my thing now. You understand? I should have done this tonight. It would be great for tonight. I have no idea what I'm doing tonight, but whatever. But tonight's all about leaning in. So, oh, just please come back tonight. Just humor me. Just humor me. Just come back tonight. I mean, it's happening in Asbury, it's happening all over the world happen right here it's not dependent on some guru only one guru his name is Jesus and when we <laughs> what and when we when we lean into his Holy Spirit it's amazing what things are happening I like this what I said last week I said this whole thing um, did you understand the whole thing what I said I mean, some of you were here about the time is coming remember those, those, those things I did I didn't send it to you I'm really sorry some of you asked me to send it to you. I didn't, so I'm sorry. I was, I was too, whatever. Um, but the time is coming. I want to read a few of those things because it is, see, God is, is doing a shift right now. The reason why this is the fifth week of face-to-face, why I don't move on, is because I am not into a nice little sermon that will tickle your fancy for one week, and I'll be happy again for five minutes. And on Monday night, I'm depressed again. We're going to work and all this kind of, I'm not interested in that. I'm interested in an ongoing journey of a presence church, a church that is full of the Holy Spirit, lives that are fully alive in Jesus Christ. And the only way to do this is to lean in. The only way to do this is to spend time with Jesus. A time is coming. Look at this. There are only a few of those, not the whole, only a few that I thought were really helpful. A few. A time is coming when our unsatisfying love affair with this world's idols and infatuations will end and the love of God and God alone will fill our hearts, inspire our minds, motivate our living, and inspire our worship. The time is coming when Christians will turn off their TVs, video games, and other mere entertainments, and turn on their reading lamps and start prayerfully studying their Bibles and pouring over scripturally rich devotionals, teachings, morning and evening, day and night. The time is coming when Christians will be praying on Saturday night instead of partying in the tent with 40,000 people last night where and our Sunday gatherings will go into, and when they go into overtime, like it's going now, this today, some of you are freaking out already, overtime? That's not what I pay for. Okay, we'll raise the thing. We'll go from 10 to 20% tithe, okay? We'll pay for it. <laughs> I'm just joking for you guys, just joking. Okay, over time, none will complain or will early departure be seen. The time is coming, look at this, when prayer will mean far more than food. And we would rather soak in God's presence than feast in our restaurants. And the last one I chose, the time is coming when reformation, awakening, revival, all these words we're hearing all around the world, renewal, restoration, the next move of the spirit will not be in terms of a past era. Oh yeah, that happened with Catherine Kuhlman, remember those years? No, 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 no. It's working right now. 
referred to the God's amazing presence and power working right now, resulting in changed lives, healing miracles, and the biggest harvest of souls the world has ever seen. And we are leaning into this whole thing. My title of my talk today was called Back to the Future. Anybody love that movies, those movies? Cool, isn't it? Back to the Future. I feel so because we put the car before the horse for many years. It's really hard. We've been living back to front. We think we can do all by ourselves, but we need the Holy Spirit. So I call it back to the future. And when we go to the future, we are going. But in order for us to go to the future, we've got to go back to our first love. And I know, I, I know when we hit the first love here in this church. I know in our worship. I'll know in the way you look at me, in the way you, you process life. I'll know when we're starting to hit that. And we're not yet. Some of you are. Some of us are. But not yet. It's not, not like an overriding thing that is hitting us yet. So what I do is just keep leaning in. It's a shift. It's a big shift, you know. It's like a big thing for all men of you. Like, a big shift. It's a long time to kind of move, you know. Some of you are like, wee, I'm in there right now. I'm right there, Gideon. But some of us take a long time, you know. Some of us are a bit older. We've been setting our ways for a long time, you know. Hey, I'm old. O older. I mean, my wife is 60. I'm 59. I'm 60 in October. You know, honestly, I feel I'm just coming into my own. I feel like I'm not tired at all, right? Come on, Ramon. I'm still young, right? Come on, man. I'm still running around most of you. You, you try drumming like that. I, chal I challenge you. I mean, Wiley can. But I'll challenge you. I'll challenge you. You can stay young. People saw, I met somebody yesterday in, in the, um, there, in New World. And he says, man, you look so good to us. You, know, you look so well, Catherine and I. And I didn't say it to her, but I said, but I know what it is. It's not because I put lotions on and put stuff on that to keep myself okay, you know, facelifts and things. <laughs> I'm just kidding. We don't need facelifts. Um, but the thing is, do you know what it is? It's the Holy Spirit. It, he keeps you young. He really keeps you young. So the more you spend with him, the younger you get. Hey, this is the remedy, and it's free. It's free. Just go and spend time with Jesus. Back to the future, back to our foundations. You know, and John, I love the Gospel of John, 14, 15, 16, don't you? One of the most powerful, most glorious verses for us as Christians, isn't it? John, there's all the whole thing of the relationship with the Father and the Son, and then we, with the glory that, that we have, we're going to go now give to the, the people, our sons and daughters, and they're going to have the same glory as we have, and unity. And this is one of the things that I really want to talk about, just for a few minutes. Abide in me, and I in you, Jesus. Jesus says, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He, watch this. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit, for without me you can't do anything. Or you can do nothing, it's the same thing. Can't do anything. And somehow we think we can bear fruit by ourselves or even some kind of pseudo-Christianity to put somehow God in a space somewhere. Jesus abided in the Father all the time. He didn't keep his eyes off him ever. So we need to learn to abide in God's presence in his, in his, and to look into the face of Jesus and the power of the Holy Spirit and the Father all the time. See, the Christian, the secret to Christian living is abiding. Last week we talked about the key to life is intimacy. It's all connected. Abiding is intimacy. 
Because I, said, I wrote down, the secret of Christian life is abiding and abiding in the secret place. Lingering in, lingering in, staying face to face with God. I'm so happy. Some of you were talking to me yesterday at the men's breakfast. The Gideon, I go to my secret place. The Gideon, I mean, the face to face. You're using the words that are so part of it. Because God says, go into your secret place. Go and close the door behind you in that place that only you and God will reward you. That is the beautiful place that some of you are going there. I'm so glad I want all of us to go there. I love this in the passion. I am the true sprouting vine, and the farmer who tends the vine is my father. He cares for his branches connected to me by lifting and propping up the fruitless ones and pruning every fruitful branch to yield even a greater harvest. Guys, it's so wonderful to be pruned. It is in again, to be pruned by the Holy Spirit. It is not a dirty word. It is a word we want to welcome because it gives you glory. It gives you freedom. It gives you power. It's just wonderful. So we invite the pruning of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Amen? 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 Still not everybody. The words that I've spoken over you, I've already cleansed you, which is awesome. You know Jesus paid the price for you. You're a forgiven person. Just make sure that you know. You must remain in life union with me, for I remain in life union with you. For as the branch severed from the vine will not bear fruit, so your life will be fruitless unless you live your life intimately here it is again, intimately joined to mine. I am the sprouting vine and you are my branches as you live in union with me as your source. Fruitfulness will stream from within you. Puku, remember? Uh, but when you live separated from me, you are powerless. So why are we so powerless? I think it says here, those who are intimately connected with God and are leaning in and spending time with the Holy Spirit, streams of living water, the sting of the Holy Spirit will pour out of you all the time. But if we don't, we'll be powerless. Because if Jesus is the source and if the Holy Spirit is the power, then my question to you and to me and the church, why don't we spend more time with him? Thanks, Jeff. <laughs> why don't we spend more time? Is this the reason why the church is so powerless? Pretty serious, isn't it? Sorry about this. See, I'm passionate for the church because Jesus wants his church back. And the reason why is because the whole lost world out there who needs to know about Jesus. And if we go the rate we are now, I'll, I'll be 500 years before we see Christ just saved. There's an acceleration coming. Jesus is coming. There's some, I mean, not the second coming. He's also coming for the second coming. But before his second coming, he's coming right now all over the globe. Asbury, all over the place. Because what he wants is he wants his Christians to lean into the Holy Spirit to be free, powerful, living, full lives. Fully alive. Jesus says in John 10, 10, fully alive. I give you life abundantly. It's not like, okay, thank you, Lord. I'm, I'm born again now. I have this life. Yes, you do have this life. But if you don't lean into this life, if you don't spend time with this life, it is not going to affect you much. And that's so sad. I think it's good to turn off the TV. 
Catherine, I have very minimal TV now. I just don't want to. TV is one thing, but your, your, your phones, whatever. Just don't spend time with all stuff all the time. Honestly with you, I think they've become idols. Can I say this? Is that not too tough? I think they've become idols. Now, I don't know. TV is great. Sports and whatever you want to see. A nice movie. Don't, get, don't, don't become religious, right, in this journey. Don't become religious now, right? But somebody, tell me, somebody told me the other day, I said, Gideon, I just pushed delete on my Facebook. Well, that's pretty radical. I won't do that right now because I like Facebook and I like to see what you are doing. But, you know, I see what life and be connected to whoever, you know, it's, just, it's okay, you know. But some people have done, isn't that wonderful? I delete Facebook, it's just gone. And then I think, hey, now you're onto it. This is, this is really good. The story of Martha and Mary. I'm going to be a little bit longer, not much longer, but I'm just, I want to just finish this because we're leaning in. What, what, if, what, if, what if Asbury would happen right now here? What if I don't allow you to go home? That's not the Esprit spirit, but I'm just saying, what if we close the doors and we just keep on worshiping? What if we just keep on leaning in? And Wouldn't it be fun, wouldn't it? Yeah. Some of you? Oh, that's like, that's terrible, you know, because you'd never experienced that. What if? I love this about Mary. Listen, because so many of us are Marthas and not Marys. As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home. She said he had a sister called Mary who sat, everybody say sat, sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said but Martha was distracted everybody say distracted distracted by all the preparations he had to be made she turned to the Lord said Lord you you don't care that my sister has left me to do all the work by myself I tell you please tell her to help me Martha Martha the Lord told her you are worried and upset about many things but few things are needed and indeed only uno I don't know if he spoke Uno at that time, Jesus, but he says one. I don't know what one is in Aramaic. What's one in Aramaic? Hebrew. Kuspandi? One in Aramaic is a one. One, two, three, one. What's it called? You don't know? Something. Uno. Nobody speaks Hebrew here. Anybody? Sorry. I'm so sorry. Uno, ain. That's ain. Ain. Only one thing is important. Only one thing, Mary has chosen what is better. You know, it is so typical that we are like Martha's running around. And I'm not even talking about the Christian stuff we're running around for. I'm not talking about doing good and being God's hands and feet. I'm talking about just being, but both, just being busy, busy in life all the time, right? Come on, we're all busy, right? Because life is busy, and we kind of always make an excuse, you know, I've got no time for the Lord, you know. It's just too busy because i got to make money, i got to do this, and the kids, and the I mean, all this stuff is happening, and I know it's all happening. But you can't, we can't use it as a, an excuse. Because otherwise, as a church, we're going nowhere. Right? As, as a people, we're going nowhere. The most important, he says, why are you distracted? Martha did good things. He was probably making nice chais and coffee with Jesus and, and just nice little wine, little crackers with a little pate. And, you know, he was, good things. I mean, just good stuff. And Jesus says, you are distracted. You're distracted. That's a tough word. You are distracted. So only one thing important right now, that is to sit at my feet. I love this in the Passion too. Martha, Martha, my beloved Martha, why are you upset and troubled? Pulled away by these many distractions. Are they really that important? And God is talking to you right now. Are some of the things that we're doing really that important? Mary has discovered the one thing most important by choosing to sit at my feet. 
undistracted. What a great word, undistracted. It's a word for all of us. Why can't we, I think it's like a, what do you call it here? I call it a, um, a, a template for Christian living. Why can't we live in like undistracted? I'm undistracted. I'm undistracted in my life. I'm into the most important thing, which is intimacy with God. How many, like Mary, have discovered, like Jesus says, to sit at his feet? Can somebody get me a chair, please? Somebody get me a chair. Sit at my feet. Let go of the distractions and sit at my feet. Let's make room for him. I'm going to sit at his feet. Now, she would probably not have sit like this, like Jesus sitting there. She's sitting in a nice chair like, okay, give it to me, Jesus. I, I think she would be like this, right? She would like this. Just like this, Jesus. Like this, right? But for the time, if sit. I can't sit backwards like this, so I'll sit like this right now. No. 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 I can't preach like this. I sit like this. See, that's not, even I can't, sit, I can't get my nose like this. It's terrible. See, our, our mission statement, quickly, our mission statement, what is it? It's right there. Changing the world. With the goodness of Jesus. It's called actually transforming the world. Did I say changing? It's transforming the world. Transforming the world with the goodness of Jesus. There's three words. Presence. Passion, and I want to say three other words which I kind of came into the other day. It's the Lord Jesus about presence. Presence is like intimacy. Passion is identity. Purpose is destiny. But the thing is, though, for us to be able to do our purpose, our destiny, that is changing the world, Jesus asked us, give me the nations. Well, he asked the Father to give the nations to us. If we are to disciple nations, right? What? Oh, good. Oh, thanks so much. Changing nations. We got to do this out of the presence of God. We can't do this alone. I had this picture last, late last year, so powerful. I was preaching in the middle of the preaching, and suddenly I saw this bow, bow and arrow, and I saw this bow like being pulled back. Remember that day? I was pulled back like this. I said, man, we're going to have such a destiny over the words all spoken over our lives individually as a church. God's going to shoot, and it's going to be just amazing what's going to happen right now. But I saw it was stuck here. I said, Lord, what are you doing? He said, I'm not going to shoot the, the, the church out yet because they can't. I'm actually fixing this thing here. I'm actually undoing you. I'm actually transforming you. I'm actually renewing you. And then all these words came like Catherine and other prophets around the globe all talking about there's a change coming, a new page coming. There's transformation. There's a, um, a shift. Remember, shift happens. A shift and a shift and a lift. All this, these words that are happening all over the globe, it's a new era. And so I know that God is transforming. You know what he's doing as Asbury? Asbury. Everybody knows what's happening in Asbury, right? Yeah. 
Your revival. Yeah, okay. But it's, it's just young people, right? Young people just praying and worshiping. That's all they're doing. It's praying and worshiping. Keep on going now for, I don't know how many days now. Ten days in a row now. Thousands of people go all over. It's gone all over America, by the way. Schools everywhere. Just so you know. And, and it's going to come here too. Anyways, everywhere. But the thing is that what's happening is God is drawing us back to our first love. Before we shut out, before we do the passion and even do the purpose and the vision, we need to go back to presence. And it only happens through intimacy. So God is calling us back into intimacy. He's calling us back into first love. And when we are fully fled into first love, then he'll shoot us out. Now, it doesn't mean we don't do anything right now. Of course, we're doing stuff right now. But the thing is, though, there's a sense of we are being called back and prepared for a mission in this heart. And it's a posture of our hearts that Jesus is after. And, and so before Jesus was ascended, this is what it says. When the Lord had finished talking to them, he was taken up in heaven and sat down at a place next to God. Sat down in honor. So Jesus is seated, right? We know this. He has fulfilled it. He has, Hello. He has, he has uh, finished the work and he's seated. He's ruling the world, seated. He's not standing, lording over stuff. He is king of kings, lord of lords, seated. He is in rest, and his enemies are somewhere down there all over, right? Now, what? look at this. And then Ephesians said, for he raised us also up from the dead, along with Christ, and seated us with him in heavenly places too. So we are seated with him in heavenly places too, with Jesus Christ, because we're actually in Christ. So our position, our posture of life is actually seated our posture of life is actually in a seated position. But our work is not finished, right? We're just starting. But we are in Christ who has finished everything. And in his power, in his glory, we are now able to transform the world with his glory. But we are seated. And God wants us to learn to sit with him we seated with him in heavenly places but God is inviting us into the secret place so you can lean into the Holy Spirit in your own time and just spend time with him I hope that we all will spend time with him we owe it to the Lord he gave everything to us we owe it to him and again, it's not a works thing. It's not a performance thing. If you're into the whole performance thing, don't do it. But if you say, like, Lord, I want to lean into your presence. I want to be more like you. I want to look into your face, Corinthians, and change from glory to glory. Then this is for you. And I want, Catherine and I would love to lead our church in this way. We want to be a presence church. Now, for, for years, it meant like just like presence means like, well, we have one more song. But a bit more song than another church or something. People think that. One more song. It's not about all the songs, although it has to do with the quality of the songs. It's not about that. It's not about that. It is about us leaning into the Holy Spirit. He becomes, becomes our everything. Nothing else, like Mary, nothing else is important anymore. And you know, even if it's just a swing for a while into that, remember sometimes when you have to do a new like a New Year's resolution, you know, you, they're probably all gone already, are they? But the New Year's resolution, to have new grooves in your life, to have new things in your life, you sometimes have to go a little bit over the top for a while, you know, in that space to become into an equilibrium, you know what I mean? 
Sometimes you got to push it a little bit to get into this thing. Okay, now it's good, and now we can. Sometimes a bit like that. Well, may it be like that. You can never be over the top anyway with God. Can we lean into him? I invite you all back tonight. So good. Holy Spirit, we want to sit with you. We want to learn what it means to sit with you. Lord, we're seated with you in heavenly places anyway. But we want to translate that into this world. In our own hearts. We don't want to be part-time Christians. We don't want to give you our leftovers. We want you to be first. In everything. In everything. And look like Mary, we want to sit at your feet. Sitting is good, but I feel this is more the posture. Lord, we bow our knees and sit in your presence and worship you. And just allow your Holy Spirit to burn away the disappointments, burn away the things that don't belong in our lives. The distractions. Lord, we want to get rid of the distractions until we only see you. Holy Spirit, have your way in our lives. This church is your church, Jesus. Have your way. We don't want to control anything. We allow you to do whatever you want. Lead us in whatever way you have us lead us, Lord. We honor you. You are Lord of our lives. You are Lord of this church. Thank you, Lord, that you are building your church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Holy Spirit, we love you so much. Come on, let's say together, Holy Spirit. Let's take a moment now just to lean into the Holy Spirit. You may even want to sit forward, like maybe bow and like sit. Don't, don't sit like Lord Mark, you know, kind of backwards and say, I'm, I'm the man. Yeah, you are the man, but let's leave. Let, let's just bow before the, the man of men, the Lord of Lords, the King of Charlie. And it's leaning in. Let's have a posture of leaning into his presence. So Holy Spirit, we love you so much. Holy Spirit, we love you so much. Come, Holy Spirit, and have your way in our lives. We love you so much, Lord. We give you praise. Give you honor and worship. Lord, we want to go through this shift, Lord, that you're doing, drawing us into your presence, into your secret place, intimately connected to you. We worship you, Lord.